today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. I want to encourage you this way. I want to encourage you and say to you on the authority of God's Word and God's love that you have no reason to be discouraged because of the glory that awaits. It's not much longer. You know, the sufferings of this life, Paul said, are not even worthy to be compared with the glory that awaits. I mean, what, what is our lives here in this earth? I mean, we live to 70, 80, 90, whatever it is. What's that compared to eternity? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 2 Thessalonians. Oftentimes, our circumstances can seem to swallow us in fear or sadness. It can feel like there's no escape from the things that come to destroy us. But in today's message, Pastor J.D. will encourage you to remember that Christ is coming soon. One day soon, we'll be taken up with Him into heaven where there is only joy. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. So listen to what he says. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But, verse 24, and I have this underlined, none of these things move me. I'm not shaken. I'm not moved. I'm not phased. Wow, Paul, what's your secret? Oh, so glad you asked. It's because I do not count my life dear to myself. See, when you've lost your life in this world, nothing's going to move you. If you're holding on too tightly to this world and the things of this world, then you're going to be impacted in a profound way by everything that happens. You're going to be shaken easily. But if you've disenfranchised yourself, disconnected yourself, died to yourself and the things of this world, then whatever happens in the world, it doesn't move you. He says, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Just sum this up, paraphrase what Paul is saying here. Bring it on. That's what he's saying. Bring it on. I've already died to myself. I've already lost my life in this world. I don't count my life worth anything. It's not dear to me. The only thing that's dear to me is the call that God has on me and the testimony of the gospel of the grace of God. This is this last one in verses 16 and 17. And it's that God encourages us. You know, I one of the things that... <laughs> Man, I could do a whole sermon on just encouragement. And you know that I can. (laughs) Um, 
this is a biggie. Because we, and and I know I don't just speak for myself, we can easily become discouraged. Would you agree? Especially in these times in which we're living, it's just so easy to become discouraged. And the danger is, is when that discouragement gives way to despair. I love what Oswald Chambers once said. He said, God never faults a man for despair. You know, even the Apostle Paul, we're told, despaired of life. He just came to the place in his life where he's just like, you know. And throughout Scripture, he's in good company. Men and even women, mightily used of God in Scripture, despaired of life. I mean, they just came. I think about Job. My goodness, if there was ever a man that at every reason... (laughs) to despair of life. He even asked God to take his life. Elijah, same thing. After the contest with the false prophets of Baal there on Mount Carmel. And then after that miraculous, amazing victory, talk about being more than a conqueror. Then he hears that Jezebel has got a hit on him, a contract on his life, so he runs for his life, and he wants God to take his life. So, you know, and I think about Joshua. Man, if there's ever a guy, how would you like to be the successor of Moses? I mean, I mean, so Joshua, you're in. You're, you're, no, no, no. That's why the first chapter of Joshua, God's like, be strong and courageous. Why would he tell him that several times, numerous times? Count them. I I forget how many times. Be strong and courageous. Why? Because he was not strong and not courageous. There were some big slippers and sandals to fill. He was so discouraged. Felt so weak, so... Incapable, and that's a good place to be, by the way, because God chooses the weak to confound the strong, right? And He does it so He alone gets the glory. That's why He calls the foolish things of this world (laughs) to confound the wise. So He alone gets the glory. No flesh is going to glory in His presence. So let's talk about encouragement. I don't know if it's possible to overstate the importance of what Paul is saying here. He says, in effect, be encouraged. And, and, and he's praying, actually. He's praying for them that God would encourage and strengthen their hearts. And notice it's, it's specific. He says, with eternal encouragement. That's key. Why? Because. <laughs> that does encourage me. Knowing that this isn't how it ends. This is not my final destination. I mean, if this is how it ends, this is as good as it gets. This, <laughs> I, I'm in high school, we, we were always told, your high school years are the best years of your life. I'm like, really? This is it? This is it? This is, from here on out, it's all downhill. This is the, the best. And some, anyway, I... If, 
I did not have a good high school experience, I want you to know. I was a teacher's kid. I was always in trouble. I got suspended, almost got expelled. I barely graduated. And when we finally had our graduation, I came up with, you know, the, the motto, you know, for the graduating class. <laughs> this, I'm not, a, not proud of this. It's really just to give you an example of how God chooses the <laughs> foolish to confound the wise. I actually suggested that our model, you know, the, you know, there's gold at the other end of the rainbow, you know, those wonderful, inspirational, you know what mine was? My, my suggestion for our, our model for graduation was, we've come out of our coma to receive our diploma. <laughs> yeah. I just want you to know that your pastor <laughs> is the foolish that God chooses to confound the wise. You need look no further, okay? All right, I'm the poster child, all right? So there. Anyway, back to our sermon already in progress here. I was making a very profound point. But he's praying for them that God would encourage and strengthen their hearts with the eternal hope. Because listen, Thessalonians, listen, locals, listen, online church, this is not how it ends. You've probably heard it said, for the Christian, this is the most hell we will ever know. And for the non-Christian, it goes both ways. This is the most heaven they will ever know. It's kind of sobering a little bit, isn't it? So you're sitting here, you're watching online, you're saying, you know, I, I've been really discouraged lately, especially lately. Everything's falling apart. The bottom is <laughs> falling out. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I want to encourage you, not just with a, you know, canned Christian, you know, cliche. I want to encourage you this way. I want to encourage you and say to you on the authority of God's word and God's love that you have no reason to be discouraged because of the glory that awaits it's not much longer. You know, the sufferings of this life, Paul said, are not even worthy to be compared with the glory that awaits. I mean, what, what is our lives here in this earth? I mean, we live to 70, 80, 90, whatever it is. What's that compared to eternity? You cannot. We're outside of time. We're in eternity. There's no measurement of time. So yeah, we have a hard life riddled with difficulty and trials and suffering and pain, and maybe it's 90 years of that. It's still worth it in light of eternity. A trillion years. You know that, you know when the, uh, you go in for a, a job interview and they, they always ask you those questions like, where do you see yourself five years from now? Oh, I'd love to be able to be asked that question. Where do I see myself five years from now? Okay, so I'm like going to be 58 this year. <laughs> five years from now, I see myself in glory at the rate that everything is happening. Well, now think about that. <laughs> that that's not that long. Okay, 10 years from now, that's still not that long. 
Okay, 20 years from now, you know who you are. Some of you are saying, can you go like 30? Fine, 30 years from now. It's still not that long in comparison with eternity. You'd be encouraged. You'd be encouraged. And be strengthened in your heart. I want to close with a passage of Scripture that God has used in my life. Over, it's become really a, a life verse, as it were, for me. In Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14. Actually, there were three specific times in my life over the years that God brought this to me, reminded me of this, and it got me through some very dark times. <laughs> One time was on the mainland, going through a very difficult time there. The second time was when our daughter Noel died. And then the third time was a little bit more recently, after we finished the completion of the remodeling of the building. It's a Psalm of David. And you really kind of get a glimpse into the heart of this man who had a heart after God's own heart. And listen very carefully to what he says, because he's being very honest when he says, I would have lost heart. I was, I was this close. Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then he says this, and it's, he's talking to himself. This is different than self-talk. This is talking to self. I'll explain the difference. Self-talk is, you know, self-talking to you, you stupid idiot. That's what my self always says to me. That's, you got to be careful with self-talk, yeah? You, you listen to yourself, you live in your head, and that's self-talk. But sometimes you just need to have a talk with self. Sit down, boy. We need to talk. And you talk to yourself. Like in Psalm 42 and 43, which some believe are actually one song, two psalms in our Bibles, where Paul says, uh, uh, David says more than once, Oh my soul, he's talking to himself, why are you so downcast? Why are you so discouraged? Why are you in such despair? For you will again have reason to praise the Lord. And that's what he's doing here. Listen to what he says. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. And he says it a second time to himself. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let me, if you don't mind, I'm just going to sum it up again with two words. Actually, four words. <laughs> I just counted them. Just wait, you'll see. That's four, right? Just wait, yeah. Four, four words. Just wait, you'll see. Have you ever said that? Or heard that? Just wait, you'll see. That's what he's saying. I mean, I, I, I came this close. I would have lost heart. I would have thrown in the towel. I mean, that's it. Keep that close. 
And then it was when I realized and remembered and believed, wait a minute, God is good. God loves me. And I'm going to see God, Romans 8.28, we love to quote it. I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know when God's going to do it. I don't know the way God's going to do it. But here's what I do know. By faith, I know that God is going to do it. What's God going to do? He's going to work this out for the good. I'm going to see good. Just wait. You'll see. Yeah, but it's really bad. I know. Just wait. You'll see. You know what our problem is? We don't like the just wait part. (laughs) I want to (laughs) see. But... Isn't that the antithesis of faith? We want to walk by sight. Oh man, everything within me. You know, we we say, seeing is believing. You know what God's Word says? Believing is seeing. I have believed that I would see. Believing is seeing. By faith, through the eyes of faith. God, I don't know how you're going to do this. I guess I'm going to have to wait. I can't wait, but I can't wait to see what you're going to do with this, because this is a doozy. And it's like God's just going, did you just say that? Yeah. Watch me now. Watch me now. Watch and see. Behold the salvation of the Lord. Get out of my way. You might want to stand back for this. Watch what I'm going to do. Did you just say that you're going to wait and that you believe that you'll see my goodness? Oh, good answer, right answer. Now, watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to flip that around and then we'll close. This will be my final closing. Since I already said I was going to close. You know, without faith, we're told in in Hebrews, it's impossible to please God. Let's flip it around, okay? That means that if we have faith, that must be really pleasing to God. You know what's striking to me in the Gospels is when Jesus takes notice of somebody's faith, and he points it out. It's a teachable moment. I've not seen faith like this. And then on the other side of that too, when he goes to his hometown, prophet is without honor in his own. He he could not do much there. In fact, he could hardly do anything there. Why? Because of their unbelief. They didn't have the faith. So think about this. Think this through with me. If faith is pleasing to the Lord, and I exercise faith. I don't like the word exercise. My wife loves to exercise. I don't think there's going to be any exercising in heaven. I'm pretty sure of that. Just Anyway, I digress. But if we exercise faith, it is so pleasing to God that God responds because He's so pleased by that faith. And when he does, (laughs) is there anything too hard for the Lord? I can stand before you, as is my privilege to, 
and testify to you that I have seen God do the impossible in my life over the years. And I'm not saying that it's because I'm this great man of faith. Oh my goodness, there were times where I'm like, no way. It's like God just, did you just say no way? Yeah, there's no way. God says, way, watch me. See what I'm going to do. Trust me to do big things. You know, I think sometimes we, we pray too small. When we have a, such a big God, I, I think about when Jesus, not angrily, I, I never imagined he had a harsh tone with the disciples. It was more like a, 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 a pathetic pity. He felt sorry for them. Why, you're, why is your faith so little when your God is so big? Why did you doubt? If you would have just, but believed, just believe that I can do it. That's all. I don't know what your situation is that you're dealing with, but I can testify to you that God is able. And He just wants you to believe Him. Put your trust in Him. Have the faith. Just say, God, I, I, I admit I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're God. Good thing. And you're the God of the impossible. And I'm looking at this thing and it's impossible. To which I can just hear God, and I know I've in my own life experienced this, where it's almost like God saying, J.D., it's about time. Because sometimes when it's possible for me, it's not possible for God because I try to do it myself. And then I finally come to the end of myself and I throw up my hands and I say, God, I just can't do this. Can I do it now? Yeah, it's impossible. Well, I can do the impossible. Sometimes I think God allows us to come to that place just for that reason. He's just waiting there lovingly, patiently, And we're just bludgeoning ourselves and beating ourselves up and trying in the energy of our own flesh, trying to figure it out, work it out. It's like God's just going, let me know when you're, (laughs) when you're done. I'm here just, you know, at the ready. And when you come to him and you say, God, I can't, he says, I can. Will you let me? That's the three-step program, by the way. Step number one, realize you can't. Step number two, know he can. And step number three, let him. Thanks for tuning in for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been taking you through the book of 2 Thessalonians, a New Testament letter that gives practical application of faith in Christ, as well as information about the end times. There's much more to learn, so be sure to tune in again for In Spirit and Truth. If you'd like to hear more from this teaching or other messages from Pastor J.D., visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com today. You can also download our mobile app, allowing you to carry biblical teaching with you wherever you go. You'll find a link to download this at our website. Again, that's InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. We also invite you to check out Pastor J.D.'s weekend update, the Mid-East Prophecy Update. 
In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to prophecies of the Bible, including those found in 2 Thessalonians, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these updates on our mobile app as well as our website. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love for you to join us for our worship services this weekend. You'll be able to get service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website. One more time, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you've been encouraged by this teaching in 2 Thessalonians and that you'll continue studying this fascinating book on your own. Tune in next time for another edition of In Spirit and Truth. With the old wind, holy